0: This 100th episode of Questionable Material with Jack and Brian is brought to you by YouthSpring, formerly Facebook. YouthSpring still has all the features Facebook had. Share photos, simplistic political opinions, subtly let people know you're flying business class. But YouthSpring's users are hopefully under 50. YouthSpring is the perfect social media network for young people and not boomers. We're not Facebook anymore. We're YouthSpring. Here's a message from our CEO, Mark Z. Take it from him. Youth Spring is the destination for young humans like you. We changed our name. Now please change the way you feel about us. Youth Spring. You're listening to Questionable Material with Jack and Brian. A mostly improvised podcast produced in New York by Jack Helmuth and Brian Sack. That's
1: Vampire hunter. Hi, I was wondering um, if you could, Halloween is coming up and I yeah. thought it might be sort of fun to have like a, a funny joke person like you come by my house. Scare the kids.
0: A joke person. I think you might be misinformed. I am a full time vampire hunter. This is not a seasonal <laughs> occupation. <laughs> you never break character. I love this. This is a full-time vampire hunting job. This is an outfit geared for the hunting of vampires, and they're all around, I can assure you. Wait a minute. So this is for real? Yes, this is for real. We're a vampire hunting outfit, and I am the head vampire hunter.
1: Toby. <laughs> That's a very intimidating name. What... um so vampires are, are are real and among us?
0: Vampires are real and have been among us for quite some time. Yes.
1: How 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 do you know? How do you know a vampire is near? How, how do you hunt one? Well, you look for them. They're everywhere. Vampires have fangs. Okay,
0: sure. For sucking blood out of you or me if they <laughs> get that close and they don't because you hunt them.
1: I'm a vampire hunter. Yes. Right. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, I, I I know the general gist of vampiring with the fangs and the blood and the sucking and the eternal life and all that, but how do you find one and how do you hunt one? Those are my two main questions because now I'm just interested. I I do have some disposable income and if my family's at risk, I might want to hire you. I can assure you it's very easy to find a vampire.
0: Okay. You just need to leave the house walk down the street before you know it, you'll see someone, a witch with a vampire on a string. And that vampire <laughs> will be walking along in front of the witch with its fangs out looking for
1: a victim. Uh-huh. And that And is when you strike. Okay. I, I think I know what you're talking about now. Well, How, okay. So how do you strike? Well, you come up to the witch. Now, if a witch sees you, she can, of course, uh-huh.
0: cast a spell or a warlock. So you uh-huh. come up from behind. You whack them in the back of the head with a two-by-four. If you don't have a two-by-four, a four-by-four <laughs> four works fine. Even Okay, better. good. Okay. You strike them. Mm-hmm. They'll release the string that holds the vampire. The vampire <laughs> might turn and try to attack you or it might run away. You chase that vampire down the street. Okay. You grab the string attached to the vampire. And Mm -hmm. you pull that vampire to its doom.
1: (laughs) Good Lord. Now, Toby, and and I find it ironic that your name is Toby because uh, my dog growing up, her name was Toby. Um, I believe what is happening is you are assaulting people walking their dogs, um, smashing them in the head with a two by four or four by four, if you have one. And um, and then I guess murdering their dog. You mean vampire? yeah I do well, okay. describe now a lot of vampires uh, traditionally, uh, perhaps like you and you or me, maybe somewhere between um five foot seven, and six foot three, um mm-hmm. human uh, mm-hmm. cape, uh, neck, shoulders, uh, walk on two legs. Does this match the description of most vampires that you've hunted and killed? I've seen a vampire in a cape, yes, around Halloween.
0: <laughs> but most of the time they don't bother <laughs> with the cape. They're mm-hmm. too
1: busy sniffing around looking for victims (laughs) Uh, like maybe sniffing the ground sniffing um signposts lampposts fire hydrants if you want to be really stereotypical they love those things yes they do
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, a fire hydrant is the opposite of a crucifix for a vampire
1: so it draws them in it attracts them yes Okay. So, so then, then how would you lure in? So if you were sending a tree, if I had a specific vampire that I wanted you to vanquish, how would you lure it in? Like, you know, give me the most recent time you were hired. Tell me what happened. I hired myself because (laughs) while I'm awaiting uh,
0: the phone call for a vampire hunter in need, I, I create my own opportunities. Mm -hmm. So I obtained a, false hydrant as we call it in the vampire hunting business oh okay and i placed it on the sidewalk near an abandoned bed bath and beyond (laughs) and i hid in the doorway
1: of that bed bath and beyond for about how long seven hours (laughs) that's a long time to wait for a dog to walk by okay all right so you okay go ahead go i'm sorry That's because the vampire
0: walkers don't normally come out at two in the morning. (laughs) I squatted my spot and around eight o'clock, nine o'clock in the morning, here comes a vampire walker. Mm -hmm. And that witch walked by me and she was distracted. She was on her phone. Her situational awareness was not good. Mm -hmm. And the vampire started sniffing at my trap, walking around it. And when it lifted its leg to cast its vampire spell, I came rushing out of the abandoned alcove of the Bed Bath and beyond. And I struck. This time I had a four by six. (laughs) You're a strong dude. And that witch collapsed. (laughs) And that vampire looked at me with hatred and fear. Mm. And I waved my four by six at it. And chased it down the block. Mm-hmm. Into traffic. <laughs> and I'll tell you, a garbage truck will do just as much as a stake in the heart to a vampire.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. Whew. Well, that's good to know. They don't, they don't tell you that in the movies. No, they don't. But of course, it's much harder
0: to get a garbage truck into Transylvania. <laughs> A lot of bad
1: roads. A lot of bad roads. What, um, what? Okay, so that's a sad story. What, um, so it it was more beyond for the vampire than bed and bath. Exactly. (laughs) Okay, so where does this hatred of vampires come from? A vampire attacked me when I was a little boy. Oh. It
0: tried to dig its vampire fangs into me.
1: Okay. Wouldn't wouldn't that by rule make you a vampire? Wouldn't that transform you? It was unable to suck my blood. And that's where the transaction,
0: the HIV exchange, if you will, (laughs) happens. I I won't. Don't tell me I will. No, the vampire drew no blood. And therefore I was not turned into a vampire. I see. But I was able to chase that vampire. (laughs) Into a Buick.
1: (laughs) Right. A lot of Buicks back in the late 70s. There were many Buicks back then. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. And one is called the Vampire Killer. (laughs) (laughs) So let me get this straight. Uh, A neighborhood dog... Uh, nipped you, uh, didn't break any skin. So you chased it into traffic, got crushed by a Buick. And since that point, you've decided to hunt dogs for the rest of your adult life. Is that right? Vampires. Mm -hmm. Well, you know what? This isn't why I called, but I'll tell you, there's a vampire who poops in my yard all the time. I was wondering if you could come over. I'll bring my hydrant. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Brian. Hi, Jack. How are you? Yeah. Good. Good. I, I'm glad. That makes me happy to hear. Uh what, what's new in your life?
0: Well, Jackaroo, uh what isn't new in my life? Let's see. Um still doing the collegey things? Oh,
1: okay. In other words, taking your oldest kid around to colleges. Or my my wife drove to Pittsburgh. Ooh. Yeah. Wow.
0: Apparently Pittsburgh has a lot of bridges. Yes, they do. Because they have a lot of rivers to uh, cross. Yeah, they had like a ton of bridges. My wife was saying
1: they have like, it's one of the more bridged cities in the world. Okay. I mean, she is, you know, a Polish immigrant. You know, maybe growing up, you know, on her, on her manure farm, you know, maybe she didn't see a lot of bridges. So uh, we, we don't really know if there are a lot of bridges. She probably saw one bridge, you know, or a, or a tugboat and was like, Oh, where did the magic come
0: from? I don't know. They had a ton of bridges in her town, but there were train bridges, but the Soviets came and took all the tracks. Huh? Cause that's what they do. They steal stuff. (laughs) Soviets.
1: (laughs) Yeah. All right. Someone should like write about that. It sounds like these guys aren't great. Yeah. They, they don't seem cool. Hmm. Huh. Well, that's a shame. Oh, okay. So you're, you're, taking uh, you and your wife are taking the boy around to, um, to colleges. Um, dog, the dog has finished menstruating.
0: Everybody. Thank you. Thank you <laughs> for all your prayers and thoughts. She's done. <laughs> She's, She's done, done. So now I, you can go get her fixed. I can go get her fixed like a month from now. I don't have to chase her with a Swiffer. <laughs> Really unpleasant.
1: Now I know why you're improvising bits about killing dogs. Vampires, Jack. I'm sorry, vampires. Um Uh, (laughs) Okay,
0: well, fair enough. I'm getting ready for Halloween. Ooh. You know, Jack. Yeah, what? It, this is our 100th episode. Yes, I know. Isn't that awesome? 100 episodes. Congratulations,
1: buddy. Yeah, that's who Who would have thunk. So this is technically season three of our podcast now. It is.
0: Yeah, it's season three. We're in season three, episode 100. Wow. How many does and, uh, Joe Rogan have? I,
1: I think just a handful. I, ju- just, I think it's just like five, six. Good, good. We've outdone him. Yeah, we've we've outdone Rogan and I think the money is going to come in. Hold on, let me just check my Gmail from Spotify. Okay, nothing yet. Huh. I was wondering if uh, if perhaps you saw this news story that just came out the other day where um uh, Superman, have you heard about this? Superman has changed his motto. Yeah, they got they got rid of uh, truth justice in the American way, right? Yes. Well, they He's still about truth and justice, but they got rid of the American way. Then that's true. That's bad now. Yeah. So now they've changed it to truth, justice, and a better tomorrow. Build back better. (laughs) (laughs) For real, for real. They've, they've now scrubbed America (laughs) from Superman. Is there a reason that they decided to do this that they gave? Well, they say it's to better reflect the storylines, uh, you know, of um, of uh, building a better world um, that he's long been a symbol of hope who inspires people. And that right. optimism, um, you know, uh, is imprinted in their new mission statement. But like and, and, and he declined and the the guy who, uh, you know, made this decision, like, hit the, like the head of D.C. or whatever, uh, declined to comment any further about why specifically the American way was dropped. But I don't know. It's not cool in this sliver of the population to not like America. I, that's just what it is. But what's
0: amazing to me is like the American way, you mean the American way that has resulted in a country that everybody wants to live in, that, that has thousands and thousands of people pouring in from the Southern border uh, that, you know, m- multiple people I know would love to come here and live here
1: that American way. Yeah. That American way. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. yeah no, there <laughs> There are a lot of aliens who want to come here, but Superman is not one of them. <laughs> Superman's not one of them. Now, if I remember correctly, you're on the um, you're the creative director for DC Comics, right? Yeah, I've been with DC Comics for some time now. I love yeah. comics. Yeah. So, and and you do comics and movies. You you, you cover both. Is do I remember that right? Yeah,
0: I jump across the the spectrum as we there's you know we comics are a spectrum, and uh, okay. so I'll do
1: film and paper comics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I was wondering if you could maybe tell us about some of the other changes, you know, now that we've finally scrubbed America from Superman's mono, you know, what other ways are we making, um, Superman, um, it's just far less, look, I'll say it. He's just offensive with this whole America first nonsense. What other yeah. ways are, are you guys is DC sort of, um, planning to like clean up Superman in both the, the comics and the movies? Uh, well,
0: uh, we, you know, we, he, he, you know, he's too masculine. He's a little too masculine.
1: Yeah. He's pretty ripped. Yeah. He's, he's definitely like a man's man.
0: Yeah. So he, you know, super man. Well, I, of course, that's a little bit, uh, uncomfortable for some of us. Yep. The idea that this, you know, big, strong guy is a man. Mm-hmm. So obviously I think super person without a cervix makes more sense. <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, that that's not, you know, it's a little clunky. Uh, uh-huh. but I mean, look, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's a super person without a cervix. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's on the masthead of the comic now. That's it's, that's do you fit all that in. Well, we have to do
0: wider comics now because the standard comic <laughs> size doesn't really accommodate it. <laughs>
1: well, thank you for cleaning that up. Cause that, you know, that's always bothered me that like, yeah, why I, does he have know, to be a man?
0: Right. There's plenty of other aliens who can be men, but why Superman? Yeah. Why does this planet that he comes from Krypton, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, why, why did they have a gender binary? Like what's up with that?
1: Is that why uh, Krypton blew up?
0: Yeah. Well, Krypton blew up because it wasn't inclusive enough. (laughs) So that actually caused a chain reaction inside the planet that, you know, blew it up. Yeah and there's a lesson to be learned there. Of course. You know, if they had been more inclusive, they wouldn't have blown up. They wouldn't have to shove this uh, person with a, s- not cervix uh, into a capsule and, and shipped him <laughs> to,
1: to Kansas. Right. Wouldn't have had to do that. Yeah, no, of course, of course. And, and so does the Sup- the Superman's the alter ego, Clark Kent, you said there are some changes made to Clark Kent as well.
0: Yep. Uh, he's, you know, he's gender non-conforming. <laughs> So, you know, when he has to change, you know, he's got, sometimes he's in a skirt, sometimes mm-hmm. a set of overalls, it really <laughs> def- depends, depends on his mood.
1: So Superman will go and battle villains in uh, over, <laughs> in overalls, so you can't really read what his body is?
0: You know, it's, it's le- we don't want to, you know, the, obviously the the tight underwear on the exterior, that gave away a lot. Yeah. You no, know, we don't want people assuming that he's got a, a super package down there. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe he's had a vaginoplasty. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe he's he's tucking.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so, you know, we're going to leave it up to your imagination. So he's going to wear overalls. Yep. Demi Lovato
1: plays a huge role in this. <laughs> <laughs> well, they is one of my favorite singers. So that's Yeah, that's they great. great. They is great. all all of that one person they needs attention (laughs) and now I know um and this is this is true um that um there's a a new superman uh comic uh where I guess the son of Clark Kent and Lois Lane um uh, comes out as bisexual and there's um uh, a comic with him uh wearing the superman outfit just smashing face with another uh with a purple-haired man
0: Yeah, you know, we want to. We kind of want to drive that stuff home. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I mean, jam it down your throat, pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) Uh huh. (laughs) You know, because our 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 concept was that you know we should just infuse this gender identity stuff into everything. Um, You know, we hope to see it in in all the comics, in menus, uh, in the uh, time and temperature.
1: I just you know we want it everywhere. Right. Okay. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I guess. Um, and and, he's, and so- he's, getting,
0: he's, he's getting his own uh, series of comics. We're going to oh, spin really? him off. Yeah, Superman's son. Oh, uh, tell us about that. That sounds great. Um, I mean, he's basically just going to have sexual relationships with all
1: the other DC heroes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So he's, he's just going to go through in all the episodes. He's just going to smash a new, a new, so it's going to be Batman one week and then Robin one week and then Wonder Woman one week. Cause he's bisexual and then Green Lantern and so on.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's basically cause he doesn't have any superpowers per se. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than like a, a tremendous scream when he has an orgasm, like he just <laughs> does this phenomenal shout. Uh huh. And so that's really his superpower. And he, you know, he, he can exercise that with all the other superheroes. can yeah, I guess it. And he'll have catchy taglines for each different superhero. Like, oh, like what? That sounds fun. I love your bat thing. You know, he'll say that. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, oh, Wonder Woman, that's not invisible,
1: is it? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's weird in you. that's kind of weak. <laughs> uh, what about, um, uh, you know, what about when he's uh, with a uh, Robin, Batman sidekick? I mean, I, he just says, I knew you were gay all along. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are sort of half committed. To this, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> All right. Well, weird. And, and now obviously this is spilling over to, to the uh, other uh, properties in the DC universe. Um, Mm. And you you said you guys were uh, really changing Batman. I mean, like doing like a full remake of Batman and the city of Gotham to make it just not so offensive because obviously um, you know, it's Batman is very triggering. Can you tell us about those changes?
0: Yeah. I mean, well, so you know, the, this, the uh, city of Gotham is run by a mayor Bill de Blasio. And so it's just a dangerous crime ridden cesspool. Uh Uh-huh. And the only thing that can clean it up is Republicans. (laughs) So it's, you know, so it's basically like every, you know, every like 15 or so years, the city gets so bad that Mm -hmm. they elect a Republican to fix it. And then they boot him out and then they let the city go bad again. Right. So that's the story arc. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's a Batman. Batman, what, he's just Bruce Wayne? He's just a political contributor? Like, what? That's a sh- yeah, he's not helping out. Because,
0: you know, they, at the request of the, the, you know, the city leadership, they're like, just, can you stop enforcing uh, laws? Yeah, they don't like that. And he's like, okay, fine. So he's just kicking back at Wayne Manor. Mm-hmm. Just doing, you know, he's he's playing a lot of PlayStation. <laughs> He's reading, uh-huh. working on a memoir, right? Got a podcast. <laughs> and <laughs> I, geez, I I might be Batman. <laughs> and uh, you know, so and then finally they're like, oh, you know what, we we need you again. This is a
1: mess, right? Yeah. Well, that all makes sense. Uh, and you said you saw you you've gotten a a first look. Um at the uh, the script for the new sort of woke Batman and and how he sort of takes on the Joker and some of his other um you know mortal enemies some of his classic enemies that um won't be so um so offensive as it has been in the past so so binary in terms of right and wrong can, can you tell us about the the new Batman movie that's coming out in March
0: Yeah uh well I mean obviously uh Two-Face you know doesn't work because that's a face <laughs> binary and it really should be a spectrum.
1: <laughs> okay. Yep. <laughs> so how many faces does two <laughs> <Polly> face have? Polyface
0: has <laughs> multiple faces. Okay. <laughs> it's
1: a very complex character. hmm Yeah. I guess. Wow. Okay. So, so Batman takes on Polly Face in the yep. new Batman movie. Yeah. Okay. And, and obviously people are always clamoring for more um battles with the Joker. Does the Joker make appearance in the new movie? Yes.
0: We're changing his name to No Joke. <laughs> and it's, it's played by Hannah Gadsby from Nanette. <laughs> That is perfect casting. Thank you. And so Woo. she just delivers a stern lecture wherever she goes, which just makes people's eyes glaze over. And then Bat Person with no cervix swoops in and says, Get the fuck out of here.
1: <laughs> oh my God. So you've changed Batman's name too to Bat Person with no cervix? Of course, you have to.
0: <laughs> that's what our diversity consultant said to do.
1: Oh, man. But that's just the same thing you did with Superperson. Superperson with no cervix. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> when, what are you renaming Wonder Woman?
0: Wonder Person with a cervix.
1: <laughs> you you gotcha lazy. No wonder Marvel kicks your ass. <laughs> Hey, Brian. I uh, yeah <laughs> So I know we've talked a little bit about the Beatles over the last uh, other 99 episodes uh, of the yep. podcast. Fab Four, Fab Four, Jack. That's what I call them. Oh, man. You are on the cutting edge. That's it's what all the kids are calling them these days Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> so the Beatles are actually in the news. Like every day lately, because Paul McCartney has some new, like a a new what he's calling like a lyrical autobiography that he's going to be releasing soon. And then on Thanksgiving Day, Disney Plus is going to be releasing, I believe, a three part documentary on, uh, on the Beatles using, uh, apparently they found th- this um, incredible uh, archive of unused footage. And so Peter Jackson, who did the Lord of the Rings movies, has uh, has cut down all of these hours of footage into this story of, of the Beatles trying to, I, I think they're coming out with a, an album and, you know, can they make it in time? This, this incredible documentary footage of the Beatles. So the Beatles are all over the news, as, as of course, you know. Yes, <laughs> I was just reading about that. Oh, good. Because I I know you're a Beatles expert. And so, you know, some of the things that are are coming out um, and that I really wanted to focus on um, are some stories from from Paul McCartney that, you know, explain the lyrics of Beatles songs and explain the titles of uh, Beatles songs. So, for example, Sergeant Pepper, as you know, you you told me this story once before, but our listeners haven't heard. Um, uh, Sergeant Pepper uh, came about. It was named that because Paul McCartney was with um, their roadie. And the roadie said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And he misheard them and said, what, Sergeant Pepper? And that's how Sergeant Pepper came about, because he misheard a roadie. And so I was wondering if you could tell us some of the other sort of interesting, you know, stories behind some Beatles lyrics and Beatles songs, Um, you know, because, you know, McCartney's also releasing uh, unreleased Beatles lyrics. Yeah. So it's like really cool. So I was wondering if you could just sort of walk us through some old Beatles hits and, and, you know, tell us some more of these stories before Paul can. I'd love to get the jump on McCartney.
0: Yeah, I would love to to tell these Beatles stories before he gets a chance. Absolutely.
1: I feel I feel like he's sort of has had, you know, that he's had too much of that market share. Right. Let me have my moment in the sun. Thank you very much. Absolutely right. Um, Strawberry Fields Forever. You said yep. there's a really funny uh, story about how um, the Beatles came up with that uh, that title of a song. Who, with John Lennon, was the main writer, of course. Yes. So,
0: uh, Strawberry Fields. For, so, uh, do you remember the actor uh, W. C. Fields? Yeah, of course. Famous actor, comedian. Hmm. Well, he had a daughter. Hmm. Named <laughs> Strawberry. Hmm. And she was a, a hellion and she could really go the a, a long stretch, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. And so John was inspired because he's he was saying, ah, I could do strawberry fields forever. And, you know, and then, you know, and she'd keep up with me. And he talks like kind of like a, um, like a half Scottish Liverpoolian, putan <laughs> so John was enamored with uh, with strawberry fields uh-huh. yeah and and her her ability to just go the whole nine yards and then some <laughs> the sad thing is she looked like WC fields <laughs> so john John was unable to go the whole nine yards
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there's a line in, in strawberry fields that n- maybe now can make sense. Um, uh, living is easy with eyes closed, misunderstanding all you see. So, w- so what does that mean? Means it you she looked like
0: WC fields, like her dad. <laughs> you just close those eyes and you might be able to, to get through this
1: get through this (laughs) you sound like my wife oh my lord um okay gosh i know man you know if if anyone ever accuses us of of writing these bits ahead of time and not just improvising i'm gonna direct them (laughs) to the wc field's daughter (laughs) reference (laughs) oh my gosh okay cool cool wow that's really great that you know this brian thank you um you no thank you uh you know here is i mean an all time classic this is back when they were still sort of clean cut um it was uh, "I want to hold your hand written by john and paul um came out in, in the uh, late 60s um so uh, i want to hold your hand tell us about that uh well it's uh, it's basically it was inspired
0: by this like these two lovers okay they were at the grand canyon <laughs> and they were trying to do a selfie <laughs> and so they backed up to the canyon they had their selfie stick out, and the 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 uh the fiance slips and she falls backwards and then the 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 husband or future husband turns around and she's hanging by a thread and so he reaches over and he grabs uh, a stick mm-hmm. and he's kind of poking the stick at her. He's like, say, grab this, grab this and she's like no, i want I want to hold your hand <laughs> okay. and then he just he was a germ freak and he didn't want, he didn't want to touch her hand. So he's like offering her, he found a stick, he found mm-hmm. a rock, he found mm-hmm. a plastic bottle, a two liter discarded plastic bottle. He was kind of just directing that toward poking it towards her, like grab this. And she just kept screaming, I want to hold your hand. I want to hold your hand. <laughs> and he just, he could not get past that. He didn't he know her hands were dirty. She had just sneezed earlier before the selfie wow. and, and you know, and it's a sad story. And you know, um, you know, maybe he'll find somebody else to marry. But um, wow. they did recover her body months later. <laughs> <laughs> months later. Yeah, he forgot to tell the authorities. <laughs> he was so distraught. <laughs> he forgot to tell the uh, the authorities. It's traumatizing when you know someone you love uh, doesn't want any of the objects you're thrusting at them, <laughs> and just insists on bodily contact. And okay. so he just, he kind of made his way back to the RV and, and drove back across the country. And he, he was in a bad, bad, bad shape. It was sad. Yeah.
1: Man, he needed some strawberry fields to get him over the hump. Living is easy with eyes closed. <laughs> uh, maybe you could tell us a little bit about um, the song. Uh, it can't be anything too controversial about this. Hey Jude. Yeah um uh you know uh, t- tell us all about that uh, Paul written by Paul McCartney and um yeah. uh you know one of the uh, i think that one really i think touched both Paul and John i think they really sort of connected over that song can you tell us about it
0: yeah so it's 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 a funny story it goes way back um so john lennon's dad okay was in the gestapo <laughs> <laughs> the story going to go he had been he had been gifted a a Jewish per, prisoner. Oh, that's the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. And so and and then, you know, after the war, the guy just kept working for John's dad. They moved back to Liverpool. <laughs> Jeez. He, he received an amnesty. And uh so John had kind of grown up with the with you know the the Jew to do everything he used. <laughs> hey Jew, come here. Hey Jew this, hey Jew that which is horrible for, especially for the Jewish guy. Yes. For (laughs) Isaac Schoenbaum. So, you know, Isaac or the Jew, as they all called him, uh, you know, came on tour. He worked the tour bus and they just kept, you know, Hey Jew is how you, they didn't even know his name. That's the sad, you know, that's the saddest part about it. They never got to know him. They just called him Hey Jew and horrible. Uh, Paul McCartney, overheard this for the first time and he's like did you say hey jude and oh, they're like, so no really? no we said hey jew and, and then, <laughs> oh but and then, he, then that's where the inspiration from the song came
1: oh i see <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay so it's sort of like a, a sergeant pepper salt and pepper just like a little like i misheard something and i'm going to make i'm going to make art from it and he made, a, he made a beautiful song from it that kind of
0: sadly forgets the fact that they had uh, kept this poor guy way after the war. He just wanted to go back to Lichtenstein
1: and, and he couldn't. Uh, they wouldn't let him. Wait, 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 didn't, didn't I read somewhere once that, um, that he actually wanted to get back into the concentration camp?
0: Yeah, he didn't. He really didn't like the Beatles. He didn't care for the music. <laughs> you know, he, he, he didn't like being on the road. He kind of preferred the, the, you know, you knew what to expect every day. When you're in the camp, you had the roll call, you mm-hmm. go off to the work detail. Yep. Uh, maybe a couple of your friends die of like mm-hmm. exhaustion or hunger, thirst, or they're shot by guards yeah. or beaten up by capos. Yep. Uh, but you know, you, you, knew what to expect when you're on the road, you don't know what to expect. I mean, just going <laughs> from city to city and, mm-hmm. and he wasn't a big fan of the, of the tour buses. And yeah. Uh, so, you know, yeah, he, he did pine for Buchenwald.
1: Yeah. Cleaning up after Ringo has got it. You know, like, you, you sort of want to go back. You don't want to do, you don't want that job. Yeah. No, he, 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 had nothing good to say about Ringo. <laughs> well, geez, um, Isaac what Schoenbaum. Think? Yeah, Isaac. And whatever uh, happened to Isaac?
0: Uh, now he's the, he's the Jew for Limp Biscuit.
1: <laughs> he's still around as a <laughs> as a prisoner roadie. Yep, ninety six. <laughs> God! Somebody free this man. We should probably start a, a like a GoFundMe for Isaac, but you know maybe that's for another episode when we're not we're we're not celebrating our one hundredth episode right. <laughs> with super not offensive material like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. So, um. Uh. You know, maybe let's just hit one more song and then get out of, get out of this. Yeah. Um here here's one of my all-time favorites. So this came out in uh, in the 19 in 1969. So after the Beatles had sort of already discovered drugs, uh, yeah. Bob Dylan had had you know given them pot already at this point and they'd taken lots of things after that. And um it was very sort of heavily influenced by their their drug journeys and stuff. So can yeah. you tell us about um, the song Here Comes the Sun? Yeah, so Here Comes
0: the Sun, it was inspired by uh, so John Lennon uh, was was sitting there, and he looks out and he sees Julian running towards him with his arms open, <laughs> and so John closed the door.
1: <laughs> That's such a good bird. Okay, go. Uh huh. Uh
0: huh. Good. Okay, this is and a good story so far. That inspired George Harrison to to write "Here Comes the Sun" because he saw this little you know vignette of of you know a, a loving uh, son Julian coming for his daddy, and the daddy just. <laughs> Closing the door on him and then locking the door, and, <laughs> and so he's you know, little darling. And they mm-hmm. changed the lyrics, and, and then they changed the son because John took offense uh, <laughs> to, to this because you know, it made him look like a bad dad. Uh huh. And so they changed it to son s u n. But right. when they sang when they sang the song, the uh, the rest of the Beatles would look at one another and wink. <laughs>
1: Oh, my gosh. So do you remember how the original lyrics were when it was more about John ignoring Julian? Uh, Yeah, it was. uh,
0: Little Johnny, here comes that kid that you stopped loving. Little Johnny, please do not close the door again. Here comes the sun. Clank. Here comes the sun. Clank. It's locked now. Do, 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 do. That's how it goes. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh god man it's sad yeah it is once you know the real story behind it yep you know good luck uh, the next time uh you know a radio station plays abbey road uh you know front to back and enjoy that you know good luck yeah and the
0: funny thing is a like, abbey road originally the song was it was titled abbey road me reverse cowgirl <laughs>
1: Uh, was Abby anyone's daughter? Mo,
0: from their Free Stooges. <laughs> well, the Three Stooges,
1: or the Three Stooges? She was the daughter of all three Stooges.
0: Yeah, there was a. They were polyamorous. Oh man!
1: So there's a little bit of all of them in there. <laughs> The things you learn on a podcast. I, I, well, I hope everyone enjoyed it, Brian. Thanks so much for opening up on your musical um, and Beatles uh, wisdom.
0: You know, I, I figure like I have to share this now because who knows? Maybe in in thirty years, I'm gonna I'm gonna
1: have dementia. Yeah. <laughs> yes. If this is you without dementia, <laughs> with W. C. Fields' daughter, I, <laughs> we gotta cancel the show before you hit eighty. <laughs> Consider it done. Jack. Brian.
0: Dear Abby and Ann Landers, all those people, they're they're old and they're getting retired. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And it looks like they're making way for a new person to be an advice columnist. And unusually, they are looking
1: for a middle-aged white guy. (laughs) Well, I mean... (laughs) We, someone's got to give us a job. So there's got to be some sector of the economy that wants us.
0: Right. So there, there's a chance for you to, to nab, uh, to be Jack Landers is what they're looking for. Great. Uh, so they sent me a few, uh, that they'd like you to, uh, to read for, to see if you'd be right to be an advice columnist. So I'm sending you the first one now. Awesome. Well, of course I'm right. I'm going to, I'm great at this stuff. And you just read it with your everyman voice and you, you, uh, make sure to, you know, don't laugh or anything because obviously that's bad. That's not professional, and they don't like that. So this is your
1: chance. They're oh. still looking for an an advice columnist, and it could be you. Okay. Well, it's so, very exciting. I, I I need the work, and um, so that, that would be great. I would love to get this job. And oh, so I've just gotten it. Let me just read it beforehand because I haven't read it, anything.
0: It. We're they're on a schedule, so let's just get this out there. <laughs> we
1: we tape this on
0: Tuesday and release it on Thursday. What schedule? Hey, that's- they they're looking for it soon. I they <laughs> sent me a text message earlier. They're very agitated. I don't want to blow this chance. Okay, okay, okay. All right. I don't either. Okay, fine.
1: I can read it, Colt. That's fine. All right. I'm ready. You Just tell me it. when to go. Okay. Thank you, Ryan. thank you, Brian. Thank you. I have. Done it,
0: I'd, say, I'd say you've done it before, but actually, no, you haven't.
1: Okay. Fair. Okay. All right. I'm ready. Tell me when to go. Okay. Take it away, <clears throat> dear Jack Landers. I've been married for 45 years, but my husband is now in a care facility because he has Alzheimer's. For as long as we've been married, we've always sent out cards during the holidays with our photo and a note. Obviously, he is not lucid enough to participate because his brain is spongy like an angel food cake. I'm now wondering how I should sign them this year. With both our names as usual or just my own? Signed, Wondering in San Diego. Dear Wondering in San Diego, I'm sorry for your predicament. But for as long as he is alive, which won't be for long, you should sign the card for the both of you. But in order to convey to your friends that your dear husband is not what he once was, I recommend adding some levity to the card. (laughs) Draw a thought bubble over his head that has nothing in it. (laughs) Or maybe a confusing series of symbols (laughs) to suggest that he talks gibberish. When you take the photo, make sure to capture the vacant glazed eye look as he stares off to the side. And you can even look at the camera with a shrug of the shoulders and a funny expression. Or dress him up like a nutcracker, stuff a walnut his mouth, well, and pretend his arm is the lever. It might be funny to sign with a different name than his real one so that it's like he doesn't know who he is anymore. There's a lot of fun to be had when your husband is in a care facility. Let your imagination run wild. Sincerely, Jack Landers. Oh well, that wasn't ideal. So, so like, they, it comes with the advice pre-given. Like, can't I just give my own advice? No, they have a staff of advice givers.
0: So you're okay. you know, you're basically just a mouthpiece. You're a figurehead. You're like the you'd be like the Queen of England. Oh, I see. <laughs> you know, you're just kind of you're you're a figurehead of sorts. Okay. All right. I just sent you another, uh, Jack Landers that I'm hoping you can get through. I hope so. Properly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I definitely know what you're saying. There's nothing confusing about what you just said. Uh, so when you get it, just please start reading. This is uh, okay. our chance. All right. Get I've some got meaning. it.
1: I've just opened it. Here we go. <clears throat> Dear Jack Landers. I am a father with three boys and a daughter. The boys are all relatively low maintenance and do what I tell them, but my daughter, now fifteen, is rebellious and I worry that she has bad thoughts on her mind. And I'm at my wit's end and do not know what to do. The other day I came home from work to find her standing outside the house. None of her brothers were there. There were no male guardians to be seen anywhere. She was just outside. It blew my mind. I broke a small branch off the date tree and chased with it. <laughs> As she fled from me, I was able to see a tiny bit of skin on her ankle. (laughs) Evil seductress, I shouted. You vile temptress, I shall strike you. I chased her into the house and she locked the door to her room. God knows what she was doing in there besides sobbing, but hopefully she wasn't reading books. Otherwise, I don't know what I will do. I cannot wait to marry this mischievous 15-year-old off as soon as possible, but in the meantime, I am forced to contend with her devilish ways. I would hate to have to do another... (laughs) I would hate to have to do another honor killing, but she's really testing my patience. Death to the West, signed Unhappy Dad in Kandahar. Dear Unhappy Dad in Kandahar, you were right not to honor kill your daughter right away. That's because it's obvious that God is testing you and wants to see how you handle this morally bankrupt (laughs) impish creature. I suggest having a party and inviting all of your male friends in their 40s to 60s during the party, which of course has no alcohol. Have your friends compete by playing various games like pin the Jew on the Jew (laughs) and improvised explosive device charades. After you've declared a winner, have him kick down your daughter's door and marry her in an impromptu and quasi violent ceremony. Then he will take her to her forever home and you will be rid of this evil influence. Once and for all, everybody wins death to the West. Sincerely, Jack Landers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't, that's, I. that's not my advice. I don't want to be the,
0: ah. No, this, you know, this is a syndicated column and it goes out all over the world. So that may be tailored for specific markets.
1: <laughs> I, g- you just I guess gotta so. work with it. you can't judge their cultures. Yeah. I, we, I, we have been told that we're not supposed to judge other cultures. That's yeah. their religion or whatever. So we, we have to just accept it. We don't want to force our Western ways on these people. That's right. That's the truly liberal thing to do is to just accept that sort of behavior. That's mm-hmm. liberalism. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Sent you Um, a third chance. I just, uh, I just got it. I'm so excited. Let's go for it. Okay. Dear Jack Landers, I am a 24 year old man living in Baltimore. I've been dating a girl for several weeks now and we like each other very much. I come from a very conservative Catholic household. So we have not yet been intimate because my mother spent a lot of my childhood telling me I will burn in hell for all eternity if a lady touches my John Thomas outside of wedlock. This seems kind of hypocritical since in her high school yearbook, she was voted voted most likely to hump. But you know how it goes. It's obvious that my relationship with Tina is progressing to the next level. And in all likelihood, she's going to see my lightsaber sooner than later. The problem is my crotch is an unkempt nightmare. It's a fuzzy holocaust. I'm terrified that Tina will see my Harry Potter (laughs) and the goblet of pubes and leave me. I thought about cleaning up the neighborhood with a manscaped lawnmower 4.0. But my mother says that a cleaned up crotch is sinful and decadent. I don't know what to do. Signed, my crotch is an unkempt nightmare. (laughs) Why would you sign anything that? It's weird. Dear, yeah, right? Dear, my crotch is an unkempt nightmare. (laughs) Your mother is wrong. In Leviticus 7, verse 33, it clearly states that, Follicle maintenance of the groin and surrounding areas is more important than being a good person. Remind your mother that St. Nobby was canonized specifically because he took fantastic care of himself, grooming his nether region before and after vespers. And back then, he had to do it with rudimentary cutlery from the monk's kitchen. Nowadays, you have it easy. Just go to manscaped.com and get the lawnmower Mower 4.0. You can clean yourself up just like St. Nobby, and your girlfriend Tina will love you for it. And by love you, I mean the good kind of love that ends with orgasms. (laughs) If you use the checkout code QM, you'll get 20% off and free shipping worldwide, except for maybe Congo and Madagascar. (laughs) Don't delay. Go to manscaped.com and get the lawnmower 4.0 and clean up that mess in your pants. Thank me later, but also send me a before and after photo so that I can fall asleep. (laughs) Manscaped.com. Checkout code QM now wait just a darn minute this uh, who syndicated this and uh, something's something's fishy about this one
0: i you know it's the advice column people i don't know or just i'm just the messenger
1: man it it felt i'm gonna be honest with you some of that advice felt like i was trying to move um the manscaped lawnmower 4.0 and and just trying to like move product using qm (laughs) code qm at, at checkout I mean, think about What's, it, it's great because we would like to do that. It,
0: it sends a good message to a sponsor when you move their product, you yeah. know, when you sell it and it is a good product. I know, uh, I love it. Yeah. Uh, it's a very, It's a very nice thing to, to do. Uh, yep. My wife keeps, keeps saying, Oh my goodness, you look like you're 12. <laughs> and you know, she, she loves it. Well, congratulations on that, I guess. Yeah. I feel young. I feel clean, uh-huh if there were like a like a an Olympics, but for just you know a clean groin area, <laughs> I might compete
1: <laughs> okay, do you think that it's gonna become i mean look look they've they've allowed um snowboarding, yeah, why not yeah why not the hammer throwing for God's sake. Yeah, just throw a hammer. <laughs> I do that okay. when I'm angry. Uh, you know, I, why does that have to make an Olympic sport out of it? Absolutely. I mean, like having a clean, like finely shaven uh, crotch is a much more difficult uh, achievement than throwing a hammer.
0: Thank you, Jack. It takes a lot of time and energy, but it's worth it at the end. Yep. Because I feel like a million bucks and only four <sighs> follicles.
1: <laughs> Boy, we uh, do we treat our sponsors well. We sure do, Jack. We sure do, and and we hope that our sponsor treats you well, uh, our dear listeners. When you go out and buy their products, um, they've they have let us know that some of you have actually uh, used the promo code QM, and we're grateful for that. Thank you. Yeah,
0: because that helps. It sure does. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, um, gosh, uh, thank you for listening, everybody. And Brian, uh, you know, good job. Happy 100th show, buddy. Thank you, Jack. Happy 100th. Thank you. Here's to three or four more. And review us and all that. Yeah, all that. We they know. It's nice when they do it. It means a lot. The money would mean more, like the QA like manscaped, I would say maybe first. The reviews are nice. I mean they're nice. But like that manscaped money is treating me kind. Yeah.
0: That was Questionable Material with Jack and Brian. Subscribe on any podcast platform. Watch our clips on YouTube. Visit us at qmpodcast.com.